and welcome to the second season of Scene to Song, a musical theater podcast for people who love to discuss, critique, and celebrate musicals as a literary art form. I'm your host, Shoshana Greenberg, and each episode I'll bring on a guest to talk about a musical, musical theater writer, or a topic or trend in musical theater. My guest today is Aradai Knox. Aradai is an Afrofuturist, womanist, black femme storyteller, and social activist who is heavily invested in storytelling as a source of social change. She is part of the Musical Theater Factory's Makers Initiative and receives an MFA from the Graduate Musical Theater Writing Program at NYU. We are going to talk today about musicals that grapple with racial and or socioeconomic politics in non-obvious ways. So we will start uh, with our get to know our guest questions. Cool. Uh, what was your first experience with a musical? Um, so I'm pretty sure my first experience with musicals were Disney movies, but the first musical I ever did was Fame. Like the principal, because mm-hmm. I couldn't sing, and I really didn't want to sing. Uh-huh. So I had like the only non-singing role in right. fame. What is the last great musical you saw, and why? Um, I saw In the Green at LTT3. Oh, yeah, I saw that too. Yeah, I really loved it. I, I really thought it was really brilliant. It's a new show, so I had quirks. Right. But I thought like the way the looper was used oh, was just yeah. like, really brilliant, and the storyline was really interesting. Yeah, I've been I've seen Grace use the that yeah like in her in yeah, her regular in concert her regular concerts it's like a, a looping machine for the voice right and um, it was just so cool to see it used at, in a a book musical and it was like smart like yeah. the way she cued it the way mm-hmm. and how she incorporated that into the choreography of the show was just yeah. like really brilliant I'm always I'm like the worst theater goer because I'm always <laughs> watching it and being like oh my god, the staging is brilliant, yeah. or oh my gosh, just look at the light choreography, and I'm just like... That sounds I, I like can't. the best thing No, I feel, like, <laughs> I feel like most people want you to just like relax and be like, oh my god, the story, and I'm mm-hmm. rarely like that. I yeah. watched In the Green, and I was like, wow, the way that she is like music directing <laughs> the, the looper from the stage while staying in character is yeah. just a brilliant dramaturgical touch. <laughs> and before that, I saw... Um, I saw Strange Loop, and I really oh, loved yeah. Strange Loop. That was great. I went for my birthday, and it Aww. was just like a wonderful birthday yeah. present. What older or classic show did you recently see for the first time? I saw Once in This Island, the revival of oh, Once yeah. in This Island, like, I guess it was last it's year. Like last year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I saw it last year. I had never seen it mm-hmm. before. I don't think I'd ever heard of it before oh, school. Yeah. Um, before going to the Graduate Musical Theater Writing Program, they played one song from Once of This Island in the mm-hmm. class, and I didn't know what musical it went to. I just knew I hated the song. I still hate <laughs> that song. It's my least favorite Which song one? from the show. The one the guy sings, like some some girls she married. Oh, some girls, yeah, yeah. Some yeah. girls, and it's just like, oh, look how brilliant that. And I'm like, yes, the lyric structure is very brilliant. This is also trash, though. He's such <laughs> a trash person, and so I just really hated this song. Yeah, yeah. Um, and was like, I have no interest in this musical. But then I started getting like right. those Instagram ads. Oh, um, yeah. For, for like shows show. on Broadway. Yeah. And I was just like, oh my God, this looks so amazing. And I really like that director. Uh, Michael, Michael Arden. Yeah, Michael Arden. Yeah. I actually really like him. I really liked um, his revival of Spring Awakening, mm-hmm. The Deaf West. Yeah. That was one of my favorite shows I've ever seen. That was really beautiful. Um, yeah. So I was like, oh, he's directing it and it looks mm-hmm. really beautiful. I'm going to go see it. And 
I was like blown away. I'm like really weird about shows mm-hmm. sometimes where I only like specific productions. Right. Like right. I don't think I really liked Spring Awakening. Mm-hmm. I really liked the Deaf West yeah. Yeah. <laughs> production of Spring Awakening. I loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, but every other Spring Awakening I've seen, I'm like, I don't think I like this musical. I don't hate it. I just don't like it. Right. Um, and I think that might also be true of Once of this Island, mm-hmm. thinking about the plot. What's a musical people might be surprised to find out you love? And why would they be surprised? I remember getting in a whole debate about Carousel having beautiful music mm-hmm. with the composer once, and I'm just like, I can't hear the music over the domestic violence. Yeah. I just can't, I can't hear it. Yeah. So I don't think there's anything like that that I really like. I don't know. I, yeah. Maybe someone would be surprised that I like Once on this Island. I don't like the end. I hate that <laughs> yeah. she turns, I hate spoilers, I hate that she turns into a tree. I'm just like, this is the stupidest. <laughs> ah, she could just live. Yeah. This is fine. So maybe that would be surprising that in spite of that, I still like yeah. really like that production. But again, I think it's that production. I do like the music in um, Porgy and Bats. Mm-hmm. I don't think I like the musical, <laughs> but I think it'd be surprising that I even like it a little bit. Oh, yeah. Because it was one of the first things I ever mm-hmm. saw. Yeah. That there is something about it that's really compelling to me, even though it's really racist. <laughs> so. right, right. Which writers of the past and working today do you admire most? Um, Rogers and Hammerstein and like... I really love Cinderella and mm-hmm. I just like there's something really classic about that music that makes me really happy yeah. and then Sondheim I, I, I really love Sondheim musicals I like most of Sondheim's yeah. musicals <laughs> I think they're really clever and really yeah. wonderful there's just like a lot of people that I really mm-hmm. like today Tashi Reagan um, wrote this amazing um, sci-fi oh. opera based on Parable of the Sower oh, by Octavia Butler. Right. Where Was that in New York at one point? Yeah, it was at Under the Radar oh, a couple yeah. years ago. It's so good. I like. I love it so I love the show so much. Mm-hmm. And she's so talented. She's yeah. like a, she's been doing music forever. Yeah. Like, and um, since she was like a kid. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, but the show, like, I love so much that I bought tickets to go see it in California. Oh. I don't have tickets to California. I don't know how <laughs> I'm getting to California. Oh but I bought tickets yeah. with my credit card to go see the show because it was like, it'll work itself out. I'm right. meant to go see the show. When is that going to be? I think it's in March. Oh, it's okay. in March. So okay. I have time. Yeah, it's plenty yeah. of time. But literally the day the tickets came out, I was like, <laughs> purchase. I don't know how I'm getting to Cali. Octavia Butler is my favorite author. Yeah. And I just think the way that Tashi has adapted the book is just pure brilliance. Yeah. And I'm excited to see when it was at Under the Radar, it was like very much embracing that it was in development. Yeah. So I don't know how Tashi was doing it then. It's actually how the show is or mm-hmm. if there's like more book now yeah. than there was. Dominic Maruso, who mm-hmm. did the book for um, Ain't Too Proud. Yeah. And it's just like a brilliant playwright. I really love her. Um, Manuel Miranda, mm-hmm. which I just I just think he's great. In the Heights was one of the first musicals I ever really like oh, nice. loved, and yeah. Hamilton, of course. In spite of all my problems with it, it's just <laughs> like really well written and yeah. really brilliant. Um, and then Michael R. Jackson, mm-hmm. of course, and Sakari Jones, yeah, um, who like I'm really fortunate to have as like mentors in addition oh, to yeah. like loving their work who is your favorite hero character in a musical and who is your favorite villain character i love alphabet and i think uh 
unintentionally Wicked is a story about a woman of color who is an environmental activist trying to like decolonize her school mm. setting yeah and ends up becoming an anarchist and on the fringes mm-hmm. of society and persecuted for her completely accurate mm-hmm. anti-authoritarian ways yeah and so i just love that because I was like yeah. correct this <laughs> is what happens when yeah. like one the ostracization because she's a woman of color mm-hmm. yes right and then like literally a woman of color right, right. and then um just like how she d- like deeply empathizes with mm-hmm. all forms of life in right. a way that the rest of the students can't because right. she's been dehumanized so often. Mm. It's just like a really compelling plot to me. I think the writers have said this, that the mm-hmm. love story is clearly Elphaba and Galinda, yeah. not really Elphaba and Vero. Right. Not, but as someone who's, who identifies as poly, like most mm-hmm. of the time, I'm just like, just all day. I just don't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't understand what the problem is here. Right. Like clearly, Alphaba is the middle of this triangle, and you could just both date Alphaba because <laughs> that's what you want. My favorite <laughs> villain is Gabe from Next to Normal. Oh, interesting. Yeah. It's like that again, a, an antagonist, but not someone I would immediately think oh, really? of. Yeah, but I like it. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. As someone who like grapples with mental health, like mm-hmm. just having that. Pers- Sonification right. of like depression yeah. and mania, just like on a stage. I'm like, yes, yeah. <laughs> like very persuasive, very convincing, very evil. <laughs> like, right, and also, but and also someone who like a character that has its roots in like someone they loved. Yeah, you know. Well, I mean, like I think, yeah. Also, personification of grief, mm-hmm. definitely. Well, I mean, I also don't think of mental illness as like a purely antagonistic force. Right. Right. Um. So, like, I think that's why I like Gabe. I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah, it's not, like, always, like, just, like, you know, j- even just, like, kill yourself. Or, like, yeah. Yeah. It, there are plenty of moments where Gabe is, like, completely right, where he's, like, mm-hmm. okay, you forgot me, but that hasn't actually solved or healed the problem. And right. I'm like, yes, it's, it's things alerting you to the fact that you're not well mm-hmm. and that something is wrong so you can fix it. But if you don't fix it, then it's just purely antagonistic. Mm. Let's move on to our topic. Okay. Which is musicals that grapple with racial and or socioeconomic politics, but in non-obvious ways. Okay. <laughs> cool. <It's> huge topic. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So I guess we'll just start with what... Um, what makes this topic something you know important to you or a topic that you want to talk about well i mean like i feel like when musicals try to do anything head on it's like it's it's more hit or miss Mm -hmm. um yeah like i think it's always has to be like this focus through like a community or a character in order to make the shows like um something people want to (laughs) watch Um, rap, and like that feels like it's doubly true for like really deep social issues mm-hmm. and yet so many musicals grapple with really deep social issues yeah. like next to normal grappling with mental health um, mm-hmm. for sure but it seems like especially with um, like with race or with like capitalism like these shows are really um, like spoonful of sugar about mm-hmm. it <laughs> and I always find that like interesting like yeah. why um why we need to like do that mm-hmm. you know like slip in the medicine underneath like a different storyline or like a different idea mm-hmm. what the show is 
like a like little shop of horrors i think it's like a really good example where like mm -hmm. any synopsis of it is like definitely going to be about no, an alien plant eating people. Right. Because <laughs> that's what the show is about. Mm -hmm. But the show also is, like, about capitalism and, like, how it really, like, forces you into really desperate conditions. Yeah. And, like, where you're literally willing to feed people to a plant in order <laughs> to escape poverty. Right. <laughs> and, like, right. and then how that, like, doesn't even benefit you because, like, in the musical, then everyone dies. Yeah, and then your main character is die right they, die. they don't die in the movie version i guess no they, they die don't in the, i like, don't think they're i think they actually kill the plant in the movie version yeah which is like that really defeats the actual purpose like the actual yeah. point is that if you like capitalism to me like the actual point is like if you like capitalism corrupt you mm -hmm. it's very hard to come back from that and there's always these huge consequences right um and that you only benefit for so long mm-hmm and yeah. like I think that's interesting but like that's not it's not you're never gonna like even the fact that they're poor and living on skid row is like not a thing most people think of when they think of little shop horrors mm -hmm. they think about the fact that there's a man in a plant shop and then he gets alien plants right right <laughs> starts eating people yeah so and like yeah. yeah and then like how did that happen right it's <laughs> like why did he start feeding people? And you're just like, because he's very poor and he wanted to woo the person he loved and help her from, like, extreme poverty. And, right, and domestic violence. And domestic <laughs> violence that came from her, like, being in really horrible relationships also as, like, an effect of poverty and, like, mm -hmm. how that's interconnected. And I'm like, it's so much about poverty. Yeah. And no one thinks of poverty <laughs> when right. they think of Little Shop before. Yeah. Well, and I and, guess and her I Want song, Somewhere That's Green, is yeah. just, like, a, a whole fantasy of getting out. Of the suburbs. Like, and, it's and literally, to, yeah. like, <laughs> I wish I had enough money to see trees. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's really sad. Yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of, like, it's, like, half funny and half... Like, really sad. Really sad. Yeah, like, well, one of the lines, like, a fence of real chain link. <laughs> I mean, she's not imagining a white picket fence. <laughs> no. She's imagining, like, a fence, yeah. Just a fence. A fence <laughs> chain, of chain link that... That you can see through. Yeah. Rather than, like, her apartment building that she can't see anything through. Yeah. I mean, I feel like the same thing with, like, hairspray. Mm -hmm. Just, like, um... Like, same thing, it's, it's so much about integration, mm -hmm. and yet, like, the first thing you think when you think about Hairspray is Tracy. Yeah. Because she's our star, and she's right. the person we're following, um, which is great, because I think fat phobia is also, like, a really, like, big issue to tackle. Right. But, like, so much of the show is about integration. Yeah. <laughs> like, really, really deeply about integration. Yeah. And, like, that little snippet um, where they have the girls come in at the end of New Girls in Town uh -huh. to, like, sing, and then they're like, it's their song. <laughs> like, it's like, I just think it was rude that you had the black girls sing the same song that we sang earlier. And, mm -hmm. and she's just like, they wrote it. And, like, that moment is supposed to be super funny, and I'm like, it's funny, but it's not funny. Right. <laughs> like, right. that's they're using horrible. Yeah. That so happened all the time. So it's just like, which I guess is why it's funny, because you're just like, Oh, God. It's funny because it's true. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, like, I think Hairspray is another one of those shows where it's like, we're not going to say that it's about integration, but it's clearly about integration. Mm. Like, once you get in 
to right. the show. Um, that's clearly what it's about. Yeah. Um, do you, like, how do you feel about shows that do that, that kind of, I, I guess not hide the, the no, Yeah, it's not hiding it. Because it's, it's just clearly like, there, yeah. but it's not like, you know, this Upfront is a show about, about race relations. Yeah. I mean, I I feel like there has to be a diversity of tactics to mm -hmm. tackle yeah. um, anything, like anything. But um, so, and including the ways that we like grapple with race and and like sexuality and yeah. and class and all of those things. Like, there has to be many ways we do that. Yeah. Um, and so I think this is a completely valid way. I just always like find, especially. Well, older musicals they do it like mm -hmm. but even Hadestown like Hadestown is like when you talk about Hadestown people are like oh it's Orpheus and Eurydice but it's so much about capitalism right right it's like deeply about capitalism yeah which I, I haven't seen it since it was off Broadway but I heard they even they play they yeah. built that aspect of it up even more I'm sure I, I, I didn't see the um, off Broadway I've yeah. only heard this I mean, I've heard all versions of the album, and I mm. feel like, yeah, like, and it's probably a product of the times, like, right. having who we have as president right now in 2019, right. probably deeply um, influenced that, yeah. <laughs> um, but, like, they were probably like, we have to go there. It was like, yeah. we, can, we need to go even further, yeah. like, than we were going, but, yeah, the show is definitely about, like, the ways that um, our labor is exploited mm -hmm. and how our fears about safety um, being attached to, um, to, you know, salary, like to security, like mm -hmm. feeling like you can't be safe if you're not secure and you can't be secure unless you're participating in this really dehumanizing, yeah. often dehumanizing system. Right. And I, I'm very anti-capitalist right now, <laughs> but, but I'm just like, yeah, it's, it's, it seems very, like, apparent in Hadestown, but the main mm -hmm. thing about Hadestown is that Orpheus is, like, saving you where to see. Yeah, right. Um, and we know that myth, and, like, yeah. there's something, like, really beautiful about that, too, and I don't know, I guess, I think it's effective, I do think it's effective to, like, focus on the characters and mm -hmm. to focus on the people living within those experiences. Right. I think you have to do that even if the show is about race. You yeah. still have to focus on the characters and how they're experiencing race. Right. Um, I feel like so many plays right now trying to grapple with race mm -hmm. don't do that mm -hmm. and are not fun to watch. <laughs> like really exhausting mm -hmm. to watch because there seems to be a thing in New York right now where um, – and I, again, I think this is a product of Trump, where people um, of forty-five, where people just want to mm -hmm. be like um, lectured almost, like they yeah. want, they really want, like to be like, oh, this is wrong, and like mm -hmm. these are either the ways you're participating in the wrongness or not participating in the wrongness, mm -hmm. and I just feel like that's really boring anything but definitely really boring theater yeah because i don't think anyone should leave a, a i don't feel like it, people leave a good theater piece um all thinking the same thing or all right. with the same lesson i think most people leave good theater pieces with a lot of ideas and a lot of like um things that they got from it that you can discuss later 
yeah. um, and grow from and like come to your own conclusions about right. and your own actions from. Um, and in that way, I feel like these pieces do do that. Like you do leave hairspray thinking different things, yeah. um, feeling different things about the piece. Yeah. It's funny people are like, oh, you know, like they took an integration piece and they made it about a fat white girl. And then a lot of people are like, mm-hmm. oh, look at how they show the intersectionality between struggles and like how people's oppression can really interlap and how yeah. you can really build allyship. So you'd like get really different things depending right. on who you are mm-hmm. in the space. Um, in the Heights, it's like one of my favorite musicals mm-hmm. ever. And it's, it's like, it's about race, but it's not about race. Right. Like, it's just, like, about this community in the barrio, but, like, by not having, like, any white people in it and mm-hmm. just talking about the community and, like, the effects that, like, right. the outside world is having on the community, there is a discussion of, like, immigrants and, like, their lives and um, mm-hmm. the marginalization they're facing, especially on an economic level, but at the heart of it, it's about you snobby. <laughs> and, right. like, and, like, we, like... It's that, and it then um, oh, I forget the main character's name. The girl, Nina. Nina. Yeah. And her her journey coming back from yeah, college. college. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, even that it's like first generation going to college mm-hmm. and like all of the pressures of yeah. like um, being the first in right. your family to go to college and like what it means to be going so far away to California mm-hmm. and like being an immigrant and doing that and like how that's a completely different experience and how you come back home and you don't want to let people down like that's a really specific experience that also like explores the complexity of right of um of race and of immigrant experience yeah so i feel like as long as they address the issue well Mm -hmm. i usually don't have a problem with it being slipped in there yeah it's just like interesting yeah, I like when I think about in the Heights, I think of it kind of. I mean, I know all those storylines are in mm-hmm. there, but I kind of think of it more as like the daily life of mm-hmm. of this Musnavi community and Nina and yeah, yeah. Um, and then that's just kind of like the plot that mm-hmm. is like her coming back and and all that. But, yeah, but it's really just kind of like about the daily life. And I remember when it came out, when in the Heights came out, there was a discussion on like having a a show about um, Puerto Ricans that, you know, wasn't, you know, making them out to be, like, the bad guys or, like, the... And there's a lot of different Dominicans, Puerto Ricans, yeah, like, yeah. a whole bunch. Of, but, yeah, like, having Hispanic people who are not, right. like, robbing you right. and then, not, like, never yeah. showing up in the musical yeah, ever again. Yeah, not being, like, in, not, like, the Cape Man, uh, yeah. Cape Man musical or, you know, uh, West Side Story, and, yeah. you know, where it's gang Gangs. fighting. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, like, just having a show where we're just, we can just see this community yeah. kind of thing. And, um, and West Side Story is a weird example, too. Yeah. <laughs> where it's, like, about the complexity of, like, race and, and class. Mm-hmm. Um, and... And strangely, the failure of interracial relationships to, like, fix all of that. Right, <laughs> it's like, right. oh, you know, loving someone won't actually fix all these problems. Mm. But, yeah, like, yeah. no, I definitely think In the Heights is a daily life show. Yeah. I think that's why it works so well. But, like, it's also so intentional. Like, it has whole songs that are mm-hmm. half in Spanish. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. 
Blackout is, I think, one of the most beautiful. I love that. I was just listening to that yes. yesterday as I was on my run. I love that song. It's yeah. so brilliant. Yeah. And it like, makes me cry every time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that song is like one of the clearest mm-hmm. like moments of, of like how powerless you feel when you have like no mm-hmm. access to like security right. systems or like, like, yeah, just like how yeah. scary it can be to like be separated from your community and to not have real resources to keep yourself safe. Right. Um, like, we are powerless. We are powerless. Yeah. It's just, like, such a heart-wrenching song, and especially yeah. when it comes back and, um, and wave your flag. Mm-hmm. It's just like, no, we have, like, real problems happening in the community. Yeah. I do think that's the strength of musicals, that, like, yeah. you can't, like, the form doesn't allow you to get too preachy successfully. Mm-hmm. So because yeah. you can have all of that stuff in it, like right. and, and intentionally in it, like very intentionally being addressing all of these things. But it can't. It's, I feel like music schools do make it hard for that to be right. the show. Yeah, One, in a different way than plays do. Yeah, like plays, you can almost get away with it. But and even though, again, I feel like people are overdoing it right now. <laughs> right. There are successful plays, I think, about race that are just like looking at a racial issue. Yeah, yeah. and like, it's like, that's what this is about. Raising in the yeah. Sun is well, like um, a brilliant play. Dominique Morso, Pipeline. Yeah, Pipeline. There's, you know, yeah, characters in a story, but they're like, it's yeah. centered around like an issue yeah. of um, a kid in it's school. school. Yeah. yeah. The, the, um, in like a very white school. And I feel like a Raisin in the Sun by Lorraine Hansberry yeah. is like just so specifically about mm-hmm. how like soul crushing <laughs> anti-blackness is. Yeah, and just like the whole housing. Yeah, and especially in the housing, but like yeah. even in how everyone's grappling mm-hmm. with like being a black woman or like being an older black woman and matriarch or like yeah. being a black man, like how all of these manifestations of racism. Right. But, like, yeah, with that center core of, like, the housing issue. But, like, I feel like that, sh- I would, no one sees a raisin in the sun and goes, that's just not about <laughs> race. Like, there's some other yeah. plot to it. And interestingly, I mean, there is a musical version of a raisin in the sun. I haven't seen it. Yeah. I mean, it's very, it it sticks very close to the, that's it. the play. The composer is Judd Wolden, and, and the Robert lyrics are Britton. by Robert Britton. And I, Apparently, this was, they were in BMI. Oh, his former this, husband was Hansberry. Yeah, her um, former husband, Robert Nemiroff, did the book with Charlotte Salzburg. I think it was like a BMI project that they then got the actual rights to do. Cool. That's my understanding, but. I feel like that would be so hard to musicalize. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Partly because of that. Like, I mean, they have really strong character. Mo- but I don't know. I feel like mm-hmm. Gem of the Ocean should be an opera, and mm. no one agrees with me. I haven't seen that one. I mean, I think the thing with Raisin, the musical, mm-hmm. is that the songs do what you would hope songs in a musical do, <laughs> okay. and that it just, like, brings a lot of joyous moments, and but also a lot of, like, beautiful, like, the, I feel like the, yeah. those places where they've musicalized is but you uh, feel like it works yeah i felt like it worked um there's when uh in a previous episode michael r jackson talked about for his wise the so good section the song uh not anymore it's still very much about like the race issues like it doesn't you know change any of that that. yeah but it kind of finds places to i guess heighten the emotional yeah um maybe that's it it's just like 
it finds the emotional part of, mm-hmm. I think that's why musicals are good at yeah. tackling these kind whereas, of issues. Yeah, whereas you get a, you know, you go see a play like. This one's very fact-based. And it, and it gets, it gets very intense, which some plays you want that, like. Yeah, that's so, the, for the racial well, And issues. you want to change people and inform them, and yeah. I feel like, but with musicals, I think the strength of it is just like, I'm not here to like. You know, educate you or inform you or whatever, because mm-hmm. it is hard to do that through song. <laughs> I am here to like make you feel a thing. Yeah. I don't know what thing you're gonna feel, but I am here to make right. you feel a thing. Yeah. I think it should be vaguely in the in the area of sad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, another writer who I think does this really well is Kirsten Childs. Kirsten, it's brilliant at this. Yeah. Well, the one um, that was at uh, Playwrights Horizons a couple of years ago, uh, Bella. Bella. So even in that show, like I feel like it more directly really like mm-hmm. it's like oh we're talking about fat phobia, but specifically has it how it applies right. to Black women and like right. and like rape and like all of these really deep things, but in such a like yeah. big bombastic like audacious way yeah in like a fun way yeah like a, which is weird when you think of the issues but it I, is fun the show is like deeply enjoyable i sent the kids i babysit for to see it i i thought it was totally kid i feel ap- like it was totally it was totally kid, kid appropriate yeah, yeah. And i feel like the things that needed to go over their head would go over yeah head. and it's um but yeah and yet it's dealing with all those things yeah was, i mean even rape you know yeah but and yeah, and it's seriously like it doesn't mm-hmm. make light of it, right? But, like there's, yeah, there is this way that she just brilliantly grapples with it. Yeah, and and in a way where you're like, wow, like that, all that stuff is going on. I feel like Kirsten shows walk a little bit of a line because like yeah. they they are very specifically about race, mm-hmm. but they do it. But she does it in they a way. They are specifically about the characters, though. Like, that, Bella yeah. is about Bubba, Bella, and, yeah. and Bubbly is about Bubbly. Right. And she does it in a way that makes you just so happy to be along for this ride. Yeah. She doesn't, like, let you be all, like, oh, my God, racism is horrible. She's like, yep, racism is horrible. And, like, kind of pushes you through, right. <laughs> like, the show. And then, like, Strange Luke is, like, very much, like, about yeah. a specific mm-hmm. experience yeah. in, that, in that same vein. Like mm-hmm. There's something so uplifting, yeah, in most of it, and bombastic and audacious. Mm. Yeah, another show that I was thinking of because you had mentioned it earlier mm-hmm. was Wicked. Um, yeah, being a show that is very political. Yeah, um, well, the book is so political. The book is yeah. You if can't you read really get novel- away from it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's interesting. I remember so Winnie Holtzman, the book writer. Yeah, I remember her talking about how she wrote that show, um, and. The, the novel Wicked is very political and much more, like, yeah. um, I guess, adult or, you know. Um, yeah. And, I mean. And how she, like, read that and then she put it away and she focused on the, the one things thing she that, wanted to focus on. Yeah. But the politics are all still there. But then I read the book again and I was like, well, Winnie must have, like, gone back to it at some point because some mm-hmm. of these really finite details are, right. like, here they're very much in the musical yeah they very much show up like very deeply and very um mm-hmm. like blatantly yeah 
but yeah so and definitely in terms of the politics the politics definitely show up like pretty it is it's it is very political but at the heart of it is like alphabet and galinda like right. that's what you remember right they're one short day in the emerald city right <laughs> before exactly um, before the shit hits the fan or even like no <laughs> the ending of no more ever for good no uh, more yeah. rewards all the things you remember from wicked it's just yeah. like Oh, Glinda the Good and Alphabet were friends. That's right. a poster. <laughs> like. Right. Yeah. And the political stuff. I mean, it definitely, it's the main, I guess it's the main thing. And what that shapes affects them. their relation. Yeah. yeah. That's, you know, the politics of and the, the way time. they grapple with it. Yeah. The different ways that they address the politics mm-hmm. and um, let it shape them. One show I'm thinking of um, is Sweeney Todd, which um, when the revival in 2005 came out and it was that grand grand guignol like yeah everyone playing the instruments on stage mm-hmm. the characters playing the instruments on stage and it was like getting away from the politic the political um the, uh, the blatant political production that was the original that Hal Prince did with the the classes and all that yeah and how like this was like um you know supposed to be a more like macabre, you know, or Grand Guignol version of it. Mm-hmm. And the original production, the director was like, took a very, like, overtly political, yeah. um, you know, way in mm-hmm. to direct the show. Um, and, uh, like, everything about that show is, about that story is political. Right. And with, you know, Sweeney being put yeah. in prison and came back. Yeah. So it's just so interesting to me that they're like, we're going to do it without that. We're going to take it out <laughs> somehow. But it never really... Yeah, even what's on this island, it's mm-hmm. like pretty political. Yeah. It's actually very political. Mm-hmm. The deeper analysis of colorism. Yeah, yeah. That you think it's smooth. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> on her love story. Right. And it's really about colorism. That's why she dies in the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I sometimes like think like you just put a love story in there and like to trick people into thinking it's not about the politics. Focus on the love story and like there can be political things about the love story mm-hmm. in like a Romeo and Juliet way or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but that you put that love story in there and that's what people emotionally I latch on to. I'm so anti love story. <laughs> well, I'm very. This is. I mean, this is my. Um, reason for not liking a lot of things like West Side Story. Yeah. <laughs> West Side Story does frustrate me. I'm just like Yeah. At the end and of the if day, I listen to the song yeah. separately, I'm totally fine mm-hmm. with them. It's only when I watch them together right. that I'm like, I'm bored. Yeah, no, I feel the same way. Because I started to like really look at why I don't like that show and I'm like, I think it's just because I don't like Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> no, it's definitely because I don't like Romeo and yeah. Juliet. Those of us who don't latch on to the love story and then we're like Okay, so what else is happening here? <laughs> Anything else interesting happening? Yeah. No? And then, so then you can see, well, I think about, so this is not a musical, mm-hmm. although I think maybe one day it might be, who knows, but Dirty Dancing mm. is a movie that I think is so interesting because that's a movie that like really focuses on this love story. People yeah. love that love story. But it's also about Baby class. and... What's his name? Uh, <laughs> What's his yeah. name? Patrick Swayze. Patrick Swayze's character. I'm blanking on his name. Even that's because everyone calls it. him Patrick Swayze. Yeah. Um, no one calls Johnny. Johnny. Um, <laughs> no one calls him by the character name. Yeah. So it's like them, but then you've got all this other stuff going around that, like, when you're, you know, kind of come back to it, you see more of the abortion. Yeah. The all the class issues. How going he's on. like being like basically 
like hit on and like mm-hmm. how he was like manipulating sexual politics at his yeah. job yeah. like there being a sex worker-esque right part of his job that right. she wasn't aware of yeah like yeah this is what happens when mm-hmm. you're attractive and you work for rich people and yeah. you're poor <laughs> right like, right so it's like all those things you I mean, when I was a kid, like, I saw, I was, like, so into the abortion thing because I wasn't, I didn't care about the, <laughs> the love story because that's just me. But I feel like that's a movie that's set up to be, like, the love, love story. story. Yeah. And then everything else around it, which is so, which, when you yeah, look at it, is yeah. obviously there. So maybe it's more about, mm-hmm. like, the evolution of slipping in. Right. <laughs> <laughs> when it's been the slow evolution of tricking people into learning about social issues right. through musicals. Well, that's why like, I yeah. last, Like, the go-to trick... Of like West Side Story and like mm-hmm. um, Once on the Island and um, and Little Shop of Horrors and, right. and Hairspray even it's just like watch this love story watch this unlikely love story yeah. that's like two characters who should be away. together they should be together for the end together yeah and then all around that it's just like also right. <laughs> environment even even wicked to an extent mm-hmm. like why well, these yeah. characters who should be together yeah. but aren't yeah. together well no i mean alphabet and um and galinda yeah. these two True. very opposite yeah. characters who should be together right can't be not me. in a lesbian way although i think in a lesbian way but <laughs> not in a lesbian right. way should be together but aren't together like love story relationship thing and now right. it's kind of expanding yeah. a little bit i mean Hades town is still you know mm-hmm. love story right centered but, like, Bubbly Black Girl mm-hmm. and um, Bella are, like, not love story-centered. They have right. love stories in it, but it's, it's yeah. just about those characters. It's more about, like, the journey of the That person. Character. Yeah. Strange Loop is mm-hmm. just about Usher. I mean, I think what's changing is that when shows are about race, the main characters are of color now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's like a little yeah. shop. It's like... About white people. Hairspray yeah. is about white people. Like your protagonists right. are white, mm-hmm. and then the racial politics are back there. Yeah. And like, I mean, My Fair Lady is about class, but it's about a rich person is at the center. Right. Really. Um. Mm-hmm. And the rich world is at the center. Yeah. Um. So I feel like you're starting to center marginalized people. Right. In the stories about their. Like, which is why shows can just be about a character's journey. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so maybe it's not that's about, that like, we don't have, like, the rich person real un- understanding that there's right. <laughs> more out there. Right. Or, like, the, I mean, like, even once in this island, the light-skinned dude is, like, falling in love with the black girl, like, the darker-skinned mm-hmm. person and, like, yeah, learning that poor people or else right. <laughs> it's just like you're you get less of that and it's more about like these people's experiences mm-hmm. people want to play mm-hmm. a musical theater musical theater people want to play a musical theater song over and over yeah you have no problem like listening to like a hamilton song right like seven times in a row whereas most people don't want to read a philosophy yeah. paper more than once Right. In a week. <laughs> well, that's why I always say I, I learn vocabulary better from lyrics than from books. Because books, you like, yeah. you go through once, 
yeah. you, you see it once and you're like, and, oh, and you can't hear it. I get like, yeah, and I'm like, oh, I get, I guess I get some context from the sentence, mm-hmm. but like, it, I, I'm gonna just gonna move on. Yeah. Whereas like with the lyric, you're listening, you're, you're, mm-hmm. you hear it, you listen to it, it comes back because you listen to it mm-hmm. again. And eventually, usually used in a slightly different context, so you yeah, have better understanding. And, yeah, and eventually you kind of get the word. I think music and lyrics and are really effective mm-hmm. in like gripping people. Yeah. And I think one of the key things that any social movement has to do is mm-hmm. like grip people right. and get people to care about it. And so, yeah, I think it's interesting, even especially people who don't think they they care yeah like slowly tricking them into <laughs> so like you actually do care right about the environment burning yeah you don't know it but let me tell you you do <laughs> right right cool well let's move on to okay. our next section which okay. is the why is this so good section we're going to talk about why we build a wall uh from hadestown uh, why did you pick this song for Why Is This So Good? Me and my sister have been obsessed with this song. Like, we've been talking mm-hmm. about Town, but, like, specifically we were talking about this song. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's, like, I'm kind of obsessed with um, how simple you can. I am not good at simple mm-hmm. lyric writing. Like, it takes me a long, I think my most effective songs are really simple. Like, yeah. end up being very bare bones. But any of my collaborators will tell you that I'm really bad at <laughs> at at keeping things simple. Like I don't, I'm not good at simple rhymes. Yeah. I'm not good at simple rhyme structures. So like, I think I deeply envy like right. I deeply envy people who can just be like incredibly simple. I yeah. think that's why I love Rogers and Hammerstein and like mm. the simplicity and the truth that shines through the simplicity right. is just like really gorgeous. And this song is like one of those things where. Like it uses song structure so well, like mm-hmm. the the fact that it's like a expansive A, like a, lots of A primes mm-hmm. is just like very useful for brainwashing, like because it is a song <laughs> about brainwashing yeah. and just like saying it over and over. just does a lot it like provides context for the plot for for um you ready to see to like know where she is and, mm-hmm. and and know why she should stay in Hades town it establishes 
that, you know, Patrick Page, Hades, Hades is like completely mm-hmm. in control of these people. It really explores like the insidiousness of yeah. capitalism and how it like really buries into your brain with like this contradictory knowledge. And mm-hmm. I think right now, especially, it trips me out because I feel like I'm constantly hearing like this kind of logic yeah. um, where like people will say things where I'm like, I don't understand why that statement would lead to this statement. And right. like the refrain of like, why do we build the wall? We build the wall to keep us free. is just mm-hmm. like, what? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. like, but it's like people say stuff like that all the time. Yeah. It's like all the time people are saying things where you're like, that will not do that. Yeah. What you're saying, well, like, giving tax breaks to the rich will not result in you getting more money. It won't. <laughs> like, yeah. it just, it's been proven to not do that. It's actually built to not do that. Right. Why do you think it will do that? And you just repeat it. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. you just repeat it to you over and over again. So, I don't know. There's something, like, the song is just really creepy. Yeah. And I, like, love things that evoke strong emotions to me and like in me and like every time I hear this song I'm just like ah! yeah brainwashing right yeah <laughs> and definitely I mean I think the lyric needs to be simple to do yeah. that um, when you're in music it's just like yeah yeah the melody is super simple yeah um, it's gorgeous <laughs> and it almost feels like it, it, it I mean she obviously uh, wrote like wrote this but mm-hmm. it almost feels like she was just like sitting around with mm-hmm. her guitar or whatever and just like mm-hmm. and the song just comes out came, came out yeah it feels like a song every night you could do like someone's just like like Patrick Page in his yeah. deep baritone is like why do we build the wall and someone's just like hmm melody yeah. <laughs> like, like let it, me figure out right it what has goes like, behind this moment it almost has like an improvised feel, yeah even though it really isn't but i think that's a, that's what feels so effective is because it's a call and response and yeah. obviously it's a hurts call and response because it's you know it's a song but like, right, right but because it's so simple it does feel like people are answering him yeah and he's like expand on that logic and they expand, yeah. and it just gets scarier and scarier with each expansion. And almost like they're realizing it, they double back on the mm-hmm. first thing they mm-hmm. said. It's yeah. like, I think this, and so this, yes. Mm-hmm. Well, I think this, so I think this, so I think this, right. and it's just like, it's like they it's can't looping. even, yeah, they can't get out of it anymore. They can't right. leave this logic. Right, and yeah. it's like, I have my base statement, of you build the wall to keep us free and that has to be true otherwise i'm working in hell i'm never going to escape for no reason (laughs) so we build the wall to keep us free that is my core statement and any questions you ask me off of that just goes back to my core statement Mm -hmm. i always have to come back to that and it's like i think that's really brilliant because that i do feel like um, both toxic and positive, like root statements, like things that are core to our identity, mm-hmm. we just return to and we keep justifying and we keep like, um, yeah, like we keep returning to because we have to because it's a core thing. And if you unravel that, then you unravel like everything, yeah. like a lot 
Um, and the song really captures that of like, this is the core statement of mm-hmm. the Hades Towns worker because it has to be. <laughs> right, right. And they also bring up like the class issues in it too. Yeah. The, the enemy is poverty mm-hmm. because we have and they have not, like mm-hmm. just appealing to people's like desperation. Well, <laughs> it, it's very exploitative and like it's very paternalistic. And there's something mm-hmm. that I think that too, like the, the that um, Hades part mm-hmm. is so, which is true of all his songs, but it really shows up here. Yeah, like it's so, um, it's so soft spoken until you get to the end, mm. and he like really roars with it, which I think yeah. is the scariest part. Yeah, and he has such a deep voice. Yes, and it's, <laughs> and it's I think yeah, I I think he has like every time I hear his songs, I'm like yeah. You can't have anything but this voice because Hades is just like really scary. Who do we call the enemy? My children, my children. Who do we call the enemy? My children, my children, because they want what we have got. We have work and they have none, and our work is never done. My children, my children, and the war is never won. Mm-hmm. My children, my children, the enemy is probably him, like, like practically yelling that. Yeah. It's so terrifying, but I think it's partially so terrifying because in the beginning, he's just like very softly, like, mm-hmm. just like as if talking to toddlers, right. why do we build the wall? My yeah. children, my children. And it's just like, <laughs> these are not children. And like, yeah, yeah. What, what are you doing? And then they just like respond. Like, yeah. get like a really sick nursery ride. <laughs> yeah, I know. So it is like a learning song. Like you're, they're teaching right. her something, but they're also reteaching themselves something. And yeah. like, it's brainwashing. It's just brainwashing. And I think it's so effective. Yeah. Um, without doing very much. It's just mm-hmm. like, it, it's like, actually, like, brainwashing is this simple. It's just saying the same thing over and over and over again to someone who believes you. Right. So it kind of goes back to what we were saying about musicals being what they're good at. Yeah. It's like, it's very complicated to be like, oh, capitalism is inherently paternalistic and mm-hmm. inherently contradictory. Yeah. And like, it does rely a lot on people's fear and yeah. on, on the fear of being like homeless or like not having food or, um, and it does like make you have to be like, have and have not. Like you right. can't all have cause there's not enough around. Right. Like it creates this false scarcity. Like there's a lot of really complex things that it's like very simple in this song. Mm-hmm. It's just like, because they have, because we have and they have not. What do we have that they should want? My children, my children. What do we have that they should want? What do we have that they should want? We have a world to work upon. We have work and they have none.
on okay. to our, our final section, which is something wonderful. Yes. Uh, so what uh, upcoming or current musical theater things in the world are do we want to give a shout out to? Hercules. Or? I'm so excited for Hercules. I've seen on Sunday. Oh, nice. I'm so excited. I hope that um, somehow finds a way to have a larger life. I, mm-hmm. I think Public Works is an amazing, like, it's one of my favorite programs at the Public. Yeah. And I'm really happy that Hercules is through it. Yeah. But it does make me feel like, like, there, I feel like there must be a reason why it's not, mm-hmm. you know, like, in one of the more, like, direct-to-Broadway spaces yeah. in the Public. There are, like, so many spaces where it's like, oh, if it's here, it's probably right, right. shaping up for, like, a Broadway theater. Mm-hmm. And Hercules, which feels like doesn't even really need an off-Broadway, like really right. just go to Broadway right? with the other Disney musicals. That's the other thing, too, is just like as a Disney musical, yeah. being off-Broadway mm-hmm. also is kind of confusing to me because yeah. that's not usually how Disney does their right. musicals. I didn't realize that Hercules was a popular Disney movie. Really? Yeah, because when I saw it as a kid, it I, don't, I remember it not doing as well as the other... Really? <laughs> I don't know. I loved, I loved, no, but I loved all of the off-brand, like yeah. someone told me that about Atlantis, and I'm like, but I love Atlantis. Oh, yeah, Atlantis. Atlantis is amazing. I know, I yeah. know now, but I was just like, Atlantis is one of my favorites, and I don't understand <laughs> why everyone didn't also love it. Yeah. Um, and then I like, went back and watched it. I'm like, this is not a great movie. I love it anyway. <laughs> Hercules, though, is I mean, consistently I've... an amazing movie. Mm-hmm. I like that the Signature is doing like these young arts professional oh, nights. Oh, cool. Signature theater. Yeah, I think they're doing them like once a month. They look really cool. I was out of town mm-hmm. last one. I'm going to is this Is that the month. ones that are, they have trivia? I don't know, but they have like discounted drinks. Oh, nice. And like social stuff in the in the lobby i think that's really cool and then i really like that playwrights is restructuring their Mm -hmm. ticket system oh in what way they're um they offer you three options now for tickets i think it's like a dollar if you really can't afford tickets thirty dollars for people who can still not thirty five dollars i think if you still can't afford tickets really Mm -hmm. but like can't afford more than a dollar um and then like a higher tier for people who want to help fund the people mm. who can't afford tickets. So I think so they can get more young people yeah, and that's poor so, people in that's the really cool. I mean, I think it's really brilliant. I, I love I that. I hope it works. Um, Hip Ticks from Roundabout has extended their What's age it? cap to 40. Um, Hip Ticks Roundabout, ha- it's like the, the young people program for mm-hmm. Roundabout Theater Company. Mm-hmm. Um, and it used to be 35 and under, mm-hmm. or 36 and, 40. and under, basically, because once you turn 36, you age out. Uh, and they just moved it up to 40. And I had or like 41. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, because you have to complete your 40th mm-hmm. year. Um, and so I was very excited because I had recently aged out. <laughs> like, and perfect. <laughs> right on time. Um, so, yeah. So I got to. I get to take advantage of that. You do like a lot of theaters seem to really be trying to get more young people. Yeah, and also acknowledging that like young people are even in your even in your thirties, even in your late thirties, you are not going to be in New York. A lot of people just can't pay that those kind of prices for theater tickets. 
Thank you all for listening to this episode of Scene to Song. You can write to scenetosong at gmail.com with a comment or question about an episode or about musical theater. We'll answer your questions on the season finale. Please also email if you'd like to be a podcast guest. Follow us on Instagram at scene to song, Twitter at scenesong, and on Facebook at scene to song with Shoshana Greenberg Podcast. The theme music you are hearing is by Julia Meinwald. And check back here in two weeks for our next episode.